Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I am from San Francisco, California in the United States, although I am now living here in beautiful Wuhan, China. And you can call me by my Chinese name if you prefer, Shangguan Jiewen. And we are here today with... Alex Shu, that's me. Hi, Alex. And where are you uh, broadcasting from? I am in the, what they call, center of China. I'm in Beijing, everybody. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Today's topic is retirement in China versus the U.S., some the similarities and differences. So, Alex, when I first arrived in China, I worked in Shuangjing or Shuangjie and uh, at the Lecheng building. Yeah, I, I think it's called Space 3 or Cube 3 or something now. I think it's Space something, but I know the building you're it talking about. It used to about. not be that way. It used to have this huge courtyard, a massive courtyard in front, much larger than the one that is there now. And every night, every night, there was this maybe 200, mostly older ladies, but, you know, people of different ages and different genders, all hanging out in front and dancing in like clusters of about 20 people. And so there was music blasting. It was it was a couple years before Niche or Wood, Shaya Shaopingwar came out, but it was that whole crowd, right, of these older people, mostly retirees, dancing and singing and doing exercise. You know what I'm talking about, yes or no? Very well, very well. And kudos to the... Beijing accent with that er in the end and the singing of that song that brought back so much, so many memories of that <laughs> song. That song was everywhere. It was everywhere. It was. And it, oh my God. It's uh what's that word? It's a, it's an earworm kind of song. You don't really, you know, recognize the musical value of it, but you just can't stop humming it. But that, <laughs> that song was the theme song for all the, um, I'm sure you know the word we call elderly women here, we call them damas, with a very loving connotation to it, of course. We said the dama, that's like the theme song of the damas. They just dance after their dinner time, and it's like every square you could hit, you will see a group of damas yeah. dancing to that song. And it's, it's every adorable public park to look open. at. Yeah. Yes. And they, they go everywhere, like in front of malls, in front of like grocery stores, anywhere there's a space that can be used by more than like 15 people kind of spread out. They will go there and they will dance and they will sing. And there's also like Tai Chi and stuff. Basically every evening or just about sunset, you get this, the, all of these retirees come out and start exercising. And young people join them too sometimes. Uh, and I think this is in pretty much every city in China that I've ever been to anyways. I've seen this. Yeah, it's, uh, it is made, you know, usually the elderly, but it's not just young people joining them. I think in the past year or so, uh, sort of thanks to, to Douyin, there are more young people that are going into these groups and, and teaching, you know, the, the senior citizens something that's a little more sophisticated, like more, um, choreographed dances so it's not just a a simple you know lead and follow kind of situation they actually teach them you know mongolian dances or or or, or you know the the thai minority mm-hmm. group dances like the young people actually try to make the, the 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 dance a little fancier than it is and they're doing they're kind of like meeting each other in the middle there are a lot of more 
uh, groups of retirees who start doing. Have you seen those like middle-aged or older uh, people doing shuffling? sure what shuffling like i have seen salsa but i've also have seen like old people with no younger people teaching each other like salsa and like rumba and all kinds of sophisticated dancing without the ne necessarily the need for younger people to join them join in and teach them so i mean i think some of the older people are getting sophisticated maybe they're learning it from younger people i haven't seen but i see also see the older people doing a lot of choreography and they dress up yeah. too. Have you seen where they all dress up in like the same outfit? Oh, the costumes. The costumes yeah. are adorable. The that that uh, uniform. <laughs> Love it. And some of them actually have performances where they after they've been practicing for a while, they go and they do a performance somewhere else as well. I've seen that where they're all like on the subway going somewhere to some, do some performance. You know, one of the best ideas that I've had with a friend that we never really put forward and. To whoever that's going to be listening to this podcast, I think, you know, if you decide to, to do this, just credit us a little bit. We were thinking, wouldn't it be great to do a reality show where it doesn't feature any celebrities, you know, dance troops on the square. And we're going to try to, you know, pick a couple of them across the, the uh, you know, all over China. And we're going to help them with their dance number. We're going to document um, how they prepare for this final competition. And then we, we select the, uh, the best dance groups in China. And then we honor these. Dama showdown. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I yeah. have to credit my, my former roommate for the idea. And I'm like, this is a great idea. I think someone should I, do it. It is a great idea. You could have intercity competitions, Beijing Damas versus Shanghai Damas. <laughs> exactly. And Beijing Damas will win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fighting words right out of the bat. I don't know if you could be a very good host now because you've already showed your bias. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll retreat it and I'll move it to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Shanghai Damas all the way. What you need is a balance now. Your roommate's got to come out pro Shanghai Damas. There we go. <laughs> there we can, go. Now we got the balance. Of, exactly. You could maybe you could be the one hosting in Beijing and she could be the one hosting in Shanghai and then like you have like a council of judges. I don't see why you'd have to not include celebrities. Celebrity judges for like a Dama competition, I think that would be suitable. Hey, I think we'll have a great idea here, Jason. Maybe we should talk to someone. <laughs> I mean, it's not my idea. I'm just, you know, consulting. You well, know. that works too. Uh, you don't need to pay me. I offer my <laughs> services free. <laughs> free of charge. I just want to. I just want to be talking about money already. I want to be one one of the judges. I want to. Yes, those damas are the most awesome damas. I agree. Go Beijing. Okay, so, <laughs> but you know that's not all that you see. You don't just see choreography and dancing or singing. You also see like tai chi at the same time. Yep. And other games. 
all kinds of exercise. Maybe it's just like kind of like simple exercise, you know, like uh, on America, they have TV at night and there's like, you know, some person dancing or a troupe of three or four people and people at home are supposed to dance along in their living room. <laughs> it's kind of like similar to that, except that there's a social function also. Uh, but th this brings me oh, to... Oh, very much so. Very much so. Yeah, there's a huge social function, whereas like in America, it's your, you know, there's the cliche of the person you know, middle-aged person in their living room dancing on their carpet and their like, I don't know, pajamas and socks <laughs> along with like whatever's going on on the TV when it comes on or, you know, the program that you buy. And it's a very, it shows a huge difference. Like in America, there are people who get, are social after they retire. They go to like McDonald's and they sit down and they have a <laughs> coffee or whatever, hang out with their friends. But, you know, here in China, it's very different. Like, Elderly people are not like just pushed off to some retirement home and then you barely see them in society. They're everywhere all the time. Like every, you know, they're out, they're doing things, they're volunteering to direct, direct traffic. They're like dancing in the squares at, in the evenings and in the mornings, if you get up at 6am, if you want to learn Tai Chi in China, all you need to do is go outside at 6am and they'll be like, Hey, yeah, so yeah, come over here. You have to move like this and they'll just teach you for free. So Tai Chi lessons in China, by the way, for all of our American listeners, just come here and leave your hotel at 6am and you can just get free Tai, free, free Tai Chi lessons as part of your trip because they, the older people are just waiting for you to show up so they can show you their moves. I, I swear in any city in China. Free Tai Chi, um, free dance. By the way, yeah, you want to learn salsa? You don't have to pay in some ex expensive place in New York. Just walk outside and there'll be people ready to teach you. Yes, yes, yes. Come come over here. And you know what I've noticed, Yeah, uh, Alex, is that they're really happy. I was hanging out here in Wuhan. We were at this place called Jianghan Walking Street. It's like mm -hmm. Shanghai's Nanjing Street. We're just, there's a big walking street, lots of shops, Starbucks, luck and all that stuff. And all the kids, you know, the, all the young people are out there and they're, you know, brand clothing, trying to look cool. And they look content enough or happy when they're buying things. Mm -hmm. But you go and you see the damas hanging out <laughs> on the periphery and squares and things. And they are smiling from ear to ear. They are so happy. They're the happiest people I saw on the walking street. And they're not buying anything. They're wearing <laughs> their same clothes that they've been wearing for like the last like six months or whatever that have been sewn back together a little bit. And they're so happy. Have you noticed the, how happy all of these people are? I was just thinking about this when you were talking about sort of the difference between uh, people who retire in the States and in China. I never thought about the word itself in Chinese, xiu, uh, right? Because we think about, oh, xiu means retirement or, or you know, you, you're, you're no longer working. But there are two characters in there. And tui, of course, it's to, to quit, to stop, you know, f uh, stop working. And xiu actually means rests relax so this is like the ultimate relaxation of your of your of your life for chinese mm. people it's like and my dad actually just retired earlier this year and he was a, a college professor for over 30 years and he had this kind of big mm. thing his school threw him a you know not a party but like a ceremony called the the glorious retirement of professor Xu. and he was um <laughs> and yeah, he was he was done and he he started I felt like there's a it's a it's a trend. My dad is not very expressive. So my mom actually goes to those, you know, dance dance groups and watch them dance and stuff. And she said these people are not just happy. There's so much more than that. She said these people have standard. You have to mm -hmm. when they're doing the the you know, their group dance and stuff, you could try to follow, you could try to do along with them but 
from the, you know, as a sort of a spectator. And you will only be able to become like a, an honorary member of the group if you have remembered the steps. Then they will be like, okay, you can join the team like you could be dancing to get to the inner circle yes there's a lot <laughs> gives you like you don't a get second a uniform job. sorry nope. you can't get the steps no nope, not yeah. not yet not yet you have to work for it so i guess this is the joy mm. of you know rewards after hard work it's like it's like another job it's yeah. like a second job so you say what well, i'm i'm associated with this dama group and they're like no no you're not actually associated with us we just let you dance on the periphery because we feel sorry for you <laughs> Like we could, we, we could be, you know, we could be nice enough just to have you. You could do whatever you want watching us, but if you want to be one of us, then you have to do something first. I was like, okay, I mm, like this mm. initiation into the Dama group. Yes, <laughs> this is this is the Stanley Toon Damas. We take it very seriously. <laughs> We're not going to let anyone from Shidan come over here, and yeah, your yeah, salsa yeah. is different from ours. <laughs> <laughs> you have to prove yourself first. <laughs> but I mean. I see, I mean, I don't see this as much in the evenings, but in the early mornings, in addition to Tai Chi and dancing, I see sword play. Have you seen this? Oh, God. I've seen sword play. I've seen whatever Kung Fu they do. Uh, a lot of hardcore, like, workout that I'll never be able to do. Like, I'll never be able to do that. So do a lot of young people. Like, just, it's it's kind of like, I remember watching, uh, this was during COVID. I remember people posting videos of just, you know, Chinese, uh, we call grandpa, grandmas just working out in the, in the, in the park. And they all look very serious and they move really like, you know, they're, they know Kung Fu. Maybe they do. I'm not sure what mm, they did mm. when they were younger. Don't mess with grandpa. I know. And people <laughs> posted these videos online and they're joking. He said, now it's impossible to explain to foreigners that not all Chinese people know Kung Fu. They'd be pointing at the grandmas and grandpas in the video and say, <laughs> look, <laughs> this is proof. Yeah. But if I ask someone, you know, relatively our age or younger, like, oh, do you know? Tai no, I don't know. Tai Chi, I'm not retired. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you actually get when you get older, this is something you go and learn. And my brother, he's he in America, he took Tai Chi classes for a long time. Oh, wow. In his 20s. I remember he was really serious about it. Yeah. And then when I moved to China, I was like, oh, you know, that's cool that you learned Tai Chi or whatever. And I think it's great, you know, but in, in China, it's more of something that old people do. And he w he was like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? No, this is like Kung Fu. And I said, yeah, it's Kung Fu. But it's also in China, there's a cultural context to yeah. like mostly retirees do this.
only a couple months ago, because we moved to Wuhan, uh-huh. we went to this place called Wudangshan or Wudang Mountain, oh my God. where Tai Chi comes from. Yes. Yeah. We went there. We didn't go there for the Tai Chi. We went there for the Taoism. We wanted to see all the beautiful temples, right? Uh-huh. But while we were there, we learned, oh, this is where Tai Chi is actually from. And there were young people there doing Tai Chi. There was this uh, huge Tai Chi like university. It was actually a university for learning Tai Chi. And w- our hotel was right next door. So every evening we could hear all of these like a hundred or two hundred people, like all doing chai, tai chi together, and they also like had yelling as part of it. There was like a vocalization, so it was really intense. But yeah, oh, wow. this, there are, there are some young people that do it, but it is it seems to me it's largely a thing for retirees or something or for older people. I guess it's um, it <laughs> from the look of tai chi, it doesn't seem too intense. That's probably why. Older Chinese people think it's a better way of working out for them, and plus, it really uh, from the you know the very limited knowledge I have for Tai Chi, it really um, you you need to pay so much attention to your breathing to make sure that the chi goes very smoothly throughout your whole body, and that probably is more coherent with the whole traditional Chinese medicine kind of mm-hmm. theory of how to improve your health. And that probably, um, you know, fits the older generation a lot more. But I do want to try it because uh, for a different purpose, I had a friend, uh, a German friend who started taking Tai Chi classes and she did a little demonstration. And she was like, I'm just going to go down and try to get into this squat position. And you're going to come and come over and try to push me and she did something whatever i tried to push i couldn't move her and she's small and i couldn't move her and then she did one little thing and it really i felt the force i was like this is magic i'm gonna try it at some point (laughs) i it was i don't know if you've if if you've tried to fight someone who practices uh tai chi but that was it it felt great (laughs) we young people need to catch up i know i i've i've only seen it in video games (laughs) <laughs> really, <laughs> where people are actually <laughs> sparring or whatever, or like Man of Tai Chi with Keanu Reeves. But, you know, outside oh, of yes. that, yeah, that was a great movie, by the way. Yeah, I, I love that. I need movie. to rewatch it. Um, so, I mentioned earlier that retirees also take on a lot of extra functions. I see them like directing traffic and stuff. I was wondering maybe if you had seen a lot of this too. How do where older people take on a lot of uh, volunteer functions around the city? What kind of positions or like jobs can they get where they're just volunteering beyond just dra- directing traffic? Have you seen them in other places as well? They are a lot of them actually sign up to do um what we call community service, but not in a way, you know, not what like community service means in the States where Right, right. You, it's a punishment. That to, <laughs> right. It's, you know, um I don't even know what you call those, and you would call that in the states. But here, you know, we have the the which is like a community committee that helps this, you know, people living in the same compound on the same little neighborhood with mm-hmm. basically everything you would need. And a lot of people after retirement, they actually sign up to do jobs um, in the committee, and what they would do on a day to day basis would just be. Whoever that needs some help, if they need, you know, help uh, finding, for example, um, medical services, or mm, mm. if there's a, a, you know, a really elderly person who needs to find someone to stay in and help them, and the the Jiu people, the community committee people, will help them 
connect these different resources. And if it's holiday, for example, if it's, uh, let's say, uh, the Mid-Autumn Festival that just passed a couple, oh, wait, that was a long time ago, sorry, last month. I, I know. I I love the I love the mooncakes. They will make sure they help the the local government to bring mooncakes or, or or eggs or something or you know just gift bags mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. people who are more in need. And then during during COVID, of course, they did a lot of you know service work for people um, if they're in quarantine or you know when they need it to be organized to get uh, vaccine shots or uh, whatever. They're kind of just like your. They're basically like your grandma, but they don't live in your house. And they help you with everything you need. My experience in the United States is a little bit different. I'm maybe wondering if there's a West Coast, East Coast difference. So I'm going to ask you a question and, a, and a follow oh, let's up. Let's see. But like in California, it seems like most retire retirees are retire around 65, and a lot of them, by the time they're 70 or so, begin living in a retirement facility. And so I actually, m- where my mom lives, she's not in a retirement home. She lives with my little brother, but about a block away, there's a retirement home. And I never see people coming and going from there. I mean, sadly to say, occasionally we see an ambulance come because maybe someone's time has come, but you never see these retirees leaving the facility anymore. I was wondering if your experience on the East Coast may have been similar where you didn't see a lot of really old people. They were just kind of tucked away in these facilities where they just watch TV. You know what? I don't. That's a really good question because it never occurred to me to think about it. But I felt like the oldest person I knew for the entire time I was living in the States, the oldest are two people that I knew that are uh, much older. And there were two uh, professors of mine. Other than that, Mm -hmm. I don't recall seeing senior citizens just kind of walking around very occasionally you see you see someone with the with the with the walker um mm-hmm. just inching very slowly in the grocery store i think it might be related to the fact that retirement's a little bit older i mean you're you say your dad retired don't most men in china retire around 60 years old is that correct yeah it's i think they changed the age to 60 a couple years ago so most of most of people if you're i think it's the, the age is a little younger for blue collar workers uh, and then mm. for everybody else is, is uh, 60 for men and 55 for women, I think. Is it 55 for women? I'm not actually sure. I thought it was 50, sure. but Fact 55. I'm not sure. Fact check this, please. <laughs> but but it, it does seem like they get a little more time in the uh, silver age of their lives to enjoy themselves. And maybe that's why there's so much community volunteering and activity in the community generally because they get to sort out their new life a little bit earlier yeah. than in America. So they have more opportunity to engage in the community again. Whereas like, you know, in America, they're retiring close to another mark in their life. I'm not going to mention that. I don't want to make anyone sad, but you know, mm. the transitional phase, let's yeah. call it that.
also noticed that a lot more young people seem to live in cities than elsewhere. Like, for, for example, in the countryside, it's always, oh, my mom and dad or my grandma and grandpa live in the countryside. This is a kind of a thing in China where like the young people all migrated to the cities for university and for careers. And then a lot of them stayed there. So I hear all of my friends all the time say, okay, for example, for Chinese New Year, oh, I'm going home uh, to my hometown. And so mom and dad or grandma or grandpa, they're there. Most of their family lives there. And all these people like in Beijing during Chinese New Year, it goes from 21 million people to seems like, I don't know, 10 or 15 million. The traffic just vaporizes. There's no traffic all of a sudden for like a week. Yep. And it's actually very pleasant to get around because everyone has gone somewhere else i mean I, my wife her uh, parents they live in uh, yantai shandong and we go there almost every year to go and see yeah. her parents and stay stay at their house and uh i think that's a really interesting divide that a lot of older gener- the generation actually live in a what, what they call here in china a second or a third tier city or in a, a kind of a countryside sort of environment uh do you go home and see uh or do your parents live in in beijing or do they live back in dongbei in the northeast my parents are here so we've been uh since 2005 my my entire family meaning me and my parents have been living in beijing but we still do the trip to go back to Dongbei during uh, uh you know Chunjie, the spring festival um mm. to see my grandpa and grandma well the grandpa passed away last year so it's just grandma now and we still try to go back sorry and, to hear that you know see it's it's okay i mean he he left very peacefully but um we try to go back and see grandma um as much as we can but she's 85 wow. and her life is yeah i i look at stuff she posts in our family groups on on, uh, in our family group on wechat i'm like this old lady is doing so much with her life right now (laughs) what does she do with her life for example if you don't mind sharing of course oh not at all i'd love to broadcast this because it's it's very inspiring so she's she's eighty five and she actually has a, like um, a, a chronic asthma. Like she has breathing problems, hmm. but for some reason, she could sing so much louder than I can, and her breath hmm. lasts like <laughs> for like I don't know twenty seconds or something when she sings, and it's very lo- very loud at the top of her lungs and so much emotion and that's something she's been doing since she was young because she was like a kindergarten teacher when she was Mm, mm. you know in her early 20s so she knows how to play the it's not the piano it's the kind of keyboard that has little pedals um the three pedals down there as well i I don't know what the name for that kind of instrument is so she's always been very musical in organ (laughs) <laughs> not, an organ, not that not that big I, I that would be petals i don't know yeah i'll i'll look it up maybe i'll i'll find out what it <laughs> what it's called but i don't even know what it's called in chinese so it's just something that i've seen grandma playing and so she is it a chinese instrument it, i think so um it doesn't really exist anymore nobody really does use it anymore but I don't know. Hmm. I'll I'll look it up because this is an interesting uh, uh, musical item. I'm but- surprised that your grandmother is so active on social media. Just for one, because m- my mother it doesn't even use social media. She's like just you know television. She's that's what she knows. Television and oh phone. Oh my god, my grandma is. And my my mother is like 75. Wow, my my grandma is just not giving up. She's just oh you guys you kids are playing with this WeChat thing. Let me get on WeChat. 
and I'm going to show you. Cool. That's right, very that neat. I'm singing every day. And she makes those little musical al- albums with photos inside every couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then. That's awesome. And she's been taking calligraphy classes. Like she's just been Very trying cool. to improve her handwriting. Whereas my handwriting's almost kind of like, you know, deteriorating by the second every day. And she, she does all of that and she tries to work out. And she has, when she was better a couple of years ago, she was uh, dancing with the. The, you know, the Dongbei Damas as well. So she has a very, hmm. very abundant retired life. I'm like, jealous and inspired and kudos to you, Grandma. We also have another faction and for your TV show, the Dongbei faction of the Damas. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, will, we're gonna, I will host that, uh, host that part for sure. <laughs> I don't know what, what's going to happen to your, you know, biases when Beijing goes up against Dongbei. <laughs> That'll be a very hard battle for me. I wouldn't know what to choose. <laughs> I like to travel around, I mean, especially pre-2019, I traveled quite a bit. And one thing that I noticed is that when I would check into a hotel in various places, especially tourist locations, even in other countries like in the Philippines, Boracay, um, there would be a lot of older Chinese travelers traveling as a group, like as a group package. They're led by, you know, someone with a flag or something where yes. they... They take all of these people to all the coolest parts of the island and like they stay in a very nice hotel at a massive discount and they all go to like (laughs) scuba diving together. And we're talking about, you know, really old people like 
I, I shouldn't say really, but like 60, 70 year old folks going scuba diving all together. Like this seems to be a huge phenomenon for China. I mean, it might be other countries too, but I don't see this in the United States. In the United States, it's very different. It's it, we'll talk about it later. It's like RV based. But have you seen this, uh, this group travel of, of mostly older people that go around China and elsewhere? The world, actually. I have, when I was going to school in the States, a um, couple times when I was traveling back from uh, China to the States, I was, uh, I was on the same fly with the uh, travel groups and I was helping them with, you know, ordering the, the airplane meal and helping them with the custom card and stuff. And of course, in China, within China, there's even more travel groups like that. And I, I have to, it's, it's, it's kind of adorable to look at when you see, you know, a group of older people together and they're kind of like following their tour guide almost as if they're little mm. kids. It's, it's, With, it's a little And there's adorable. like a group of 20 of them and there's like 10 selfie sticks sticking up. <laughs> <laughs> and the scarves. the scarves. I mean, I think when I first learned that there was such a thing as a selfie stick, the context in which I learned it was, oh, well, I saw all of these really older people in Jeju Island, which is a South Korean island. And they all were sitting yeah. in a field by a volcano with selfie sticks. And I was like, what's a selfie stick? And that's, that's actually <laughs> where I learned about selfie sticks was, was from talking about these retirement groups. Actually, I don't think they're retirement. I think I, I, we could go. It's just we, most people, young people don't choose to do it that way. <laughs> they just choose to get a hotel and book a flight yeah. or whatever. But like, you know, it seems to be something that a lot of retirees, okay, I've, I'm retired. What should I do now? Well, I never went there. It's time to go, right? And so they do. And I think that's really, really amazing. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a, it's a, uh, almost like a generation, uh, kind of thing. Cause people that are, if we're talking about the you know elderly uh, member of society now, they're they're probably people my parents' age, our parents' age. Mm, you know, that's mm. the sort of the the age range of people who could still go around and try to do stuff, uh, traveling or dancing or whatever. These people, in my opinion, they sort of they're the generation that really dedicated their working uh, ages, working years to their work. And, mm -hmm. you know, and they were, and, and they're the parents of our, the, the, the only child generation and putting a lot of focus on our study and, um, of course our, you know, relationship and marriage as well. So when they hit that day, when they retire, it's kind of like, all right, I have done this section of my life. I have absolutely committed and I've been absolutely dedicated to, to working, to raising my family, to giving my family the best I could give them. Now that I've retired and they are, you know, the kids are grown up and uh, the kids have grown up and my work is done, I'm going to try to do like part two of my life with the same kind of dedication. So mm, they're trying mm, to fit mm. as many things in their retired life as much like as they can. Like my dad is learning uh, Arhu. He he knew how to play a little wow. bit when, when he was young. And then his school had this really famous... Um, are who artists who teaches uh students he directs a student uh chinese instrument orchestra and my dad is just like i want to learn too and so that guy's like oh someone my age wants to learn from me and they just you know really hit it off and he's been taking sort of professional are who classes since and he got so much better i was actually 
I was actually impressed by um, his skills, and he did a he did he did two performances already on stage in front of his whole school. I love it. For our listeners who uh, don't know what that is, it has two strings, right? Is that right? It has two, two strings. strings? Yeah, yeah. It is a, a like a drum like part on the bottom, and it's uh, you yeah. hold it in a in a wrecked way, kind of like a cello, and play it with another with a bow, kind of like a cello. And if someone is very good, it is amazing. And if someone is just learning. You do not want to be there. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the fact that... Am I right? Am I right about yes, that, Alex? I think that speaks to a lot of string instruments. So I was... I think it's a solid proof. My dad is best okay because I would not be able yeah. to... I am a very mm-hmm. picky person. I would not be able to, to <laughs> tolerate that. I tried, I tried to give him a hard time because he really gave me a hard time when I was learning the clarinet as a kid. Um, so when he was like <laughs> practicing at home, I would go. Do you play now? Yeah, I would. I would not, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. But when my dad is playing uh, Arhu at home, I would just go in and basically just be like, the rhythm is wrong. <laughs> I was like, that was pitchy. <laughs> it was, it was too sharp. It was too flat. <laughs> and he would be like, ah. I was like, no, you know how I feel as a kid. This is you as a child. This is, this is me now. <laughs> I'm trying to do what he did to me when I was a child. I'm like, it's my time now. Oh, you you wanted to torment him. You don't practice enough, Dad. You're, you're not putting in the hours. Stop watching TV. <laughs> you don't put enough time to basics. Practice the basics. <laughs> I, was just, I was just giving him so much, so much hard time. But he's really good. I've posted his uh, playing clips on social media because I know my friends are all going to like it and say really nice things. Because it's my dad, but also he's pretty good. That's great. That's fantastic. switch a little bit switch switch gears to the u.s a little bit i want to talk about damas and the u.s so obviously people don't do that (laughs) but i was also thinking they probably couldn't get away with it if you go if you were to like go to a mall like a plaza in new york or san francisco or los angeles or boston or wherever 
and you just started like dancing, maybe if you were just one or two people, <laughs> right? If you were just, uh, if, but if you were just one or two people, they'd probably like the security be like, okay, this guy's weird. But if 30 of you showed up and started doing that, I am almost <laughs> certain they would ask you to leave. Like, I don't think that it would be socially acceptable because like the mall owner would be like, you can't have, just go use our space. We own this space, right? Like yeah. you can't do that here. You have to leave. So I think that, you know, sure, we were talking about Lechung earlier, maybe that plaza, like they own it, but they just let anyone who do that because, hey, this is a cultural thing. This is a social thing. It's, you know, we respect our elders. These are all, mostly our elders. We're just going to let them do that. But I don't think you could do that. You could do that in the United States and get away with it. I was also thinking uh -huh. in a public park, the same thing would come up because if you want to have a wedding in a public park in the United States, you need to get a permit. So, if you just showed up in a park and started dancing, sure, you're like one person. But if there were 30 of you, not, I'm sure that the police would come and they'd be like, I'm sorry, but do you have a permit for this? No, yeah. I'm sorry, you're going to have to go somewhere else. And that's why everyone has to go to like a dance studio and yeah. pay for time with an instructor because the social cultural like backing for doing something like that just doesn't exist. And so, I, I kind of, I think a lot of people in the States should... Think about the fact that, you know, when our, when older people retire and they want to be able to do these kinds of things, we should give them more latitude. Maybe this is something that America could learn from China. What do you think, Alex? I think, I think that's a, I, it's a good motion to put forward for sure, but it's a, I think it's, it's, it's cultural differences. In China, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we're first off. I mean, people aren't going to just go start dancing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that, and then people are not really, you know, people are more, um, they prefer to be in a group. They prefer to do things together. It creates a sense of community for them. And that mm -hmm. brings so much more than just the thing itself, like dancing itself or working. It's not just about that. Like we said earlier, it's, you know, it's a, it's a social, social activity. You, you meet new friends and you try to kind of, create these goals including the standard i was talking about like you have to be at this level to be in the group it, mm, it mm, creates mm. a goal for you to work for i feel like maybe it's not same kind of sentiment in the u.s where you kind of long to be in a group where it's not about work or, or money it's just kind of like you know it's I, I think you might be right but i think there's also an exception to that i was in college and uh, i was a vice president of the chess club and we asked our uh, we had a professor who was like the sponsor of the chess club he was a math mm -hmm. teacher and he's we needed to do something volunteer work at all the groups at this university we all had to do some volunteer work in order to continue to qualify to be a group that was sponsored by the university so he proposed that we went would go to a retirement home so we went to a retirement home and we were like what are we going to do there he's like talk to people so we went and talked to people. And after that, I was, I asked him, why do we, you know, why do we do this? He said, they're lonely. They don't have people to talk to. And I, I know in movies, they play shuffleboard and they have like little clicks and stuff in these retirement homes. But my mm -hmm. experience of this particular retirement home was they were just like alone, hanging out, watching TV or like in a group, kind of still alone. And I mean, mm -hmm. I don't think people would just start going to the parks in America and start dancing. I think you're right. It's a whole social cultural construct that couldn't just be replicated. But I also think that there needs to be some kind of social engagement that's not already happening because I think that there's a lot of, you know, depression or sadness, loneliness 
in uh, the United States with a lot of older people because, you know, young, the younger generation is really busy, which I kind of want to pivot a little bit here. Yeah. You did mention they spent, our parents' generation spent a lot of time raising kids. But one thing I do see in China is that the, there's a three-generation tier way to raise children for a lot of mm-hmm. families. So, like, if my wife and I were to have a kid right now, I'm sure that her mom would want to be one of the primary, like, guardians of that child. They would, she would either move here or we would have to sometimes send our child to where she lives. So, because that seems to be something that happens in China. The mom and dad, they're so busy making money that grandma and grandpa actually just become the guardians of the children. Yeah, if you go to those... Uh you know, either the primary schools or the kindergartens around three or four when the kids get off school. It's mostly it's mostly grandparents that are waiting outside to pick them up. Because exactly mm-hmm. like you said, the parents are too busy and the parents don't get off work until six or seven. And there's such a scheduled conflict. And what are you, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to run back from your workplace to pick up your child? And and then what? Mm-hmm. Just the, it's the reality that's putting this really, uh, you know, big problem for a lot of young parents. So it's kind of inevitable. The parents are just like, hey, we've retired. We have nothing else to do except for practicing and competing to be the top tier dancers in my dance group. Other than that, I can help (laughs) you take care of your children. No problem. I mean, I, we get a lot of pressure because we, my wife and I, we don't have a child and my wife is Chinese. So her parents are constantly like, when are you going to have a baby? When are you going to have a baby? And we actually, <laughs> our theory is that they want to have the baby because when they, when, when my wife was being raised, she was being raised by grandma. So now they're like, okay, it's our turn. We want a kid, which means we need to give them one in our generation yeah. so that they can have one to raise. <laughs> yeah. Do, wait, uh, Alex, do you have no, children? No, I don't. I don't. And do you get the Chinese New Year? Okay, it's time for you to have children, Alex. Uh, routine? Oh my God, yes. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> uh, and it's, I love, I love my family, uh, especially my family back in Dongbei, because Dongbei people, the Northeast people are very passionate and they're very lively, which means when they have something that they want to tell you, they're going to be very straightforward about it as well. And they're going to really stick it to your face with, uh, you know, really loud voices. Wow. <laughs> and they will, yeah. They would be like, I have my, one of my family relatives would say, I have saved the money to, you know, take the train up to Beijing, stay in a hotel in Beijing, and the the money for the red envelope that I'm going to give you for your wedding. Mm -hmm. The only thing that's missing right now is your actual wedding. I'm like, oh, God. Uh." (laughs) I said, use that money for something else. So really quickly, again, for our non-Chinese audience, the red envelope is in it literally a red envelope and it is filled with cash. (laughs) And this is something that gets given on different kinds of occasions. So at a wedding, all the people that came except maybe children, would be required to or encouraged to give 
some money. Oh, what kind of increments would you be giving? Because there are like specific numbers, right? You have to give a specific kind of number for good luck. What kind of increments are acceptable for that kind of occasion? That really depends on what kind of city you're in and who you are. I see, Just I see. To put it in a more simple sense. But there are numbers, like what, what numbers should be in those increments? What are positive numbers? Well, generally... Like eight, eight. Pick the even numbers. So like, even you know, numbers. 200, 600, 800, quai, or, or you could do, if you want to, you know, be a little more specific and put a little bit of time in this, you could do like 666. And I know that's a, that's a, that's not a, a good number <laughs> in the West, but, but in China, <laughs> yes, yes, six yes. means, um, six means, um, uh, like, you know, luck. It's good luck. So something if it's, we say 六六大顺, 6, 6 means great luck. And mm, so mm. people really love the number 6. And then the better one yet is probably 8. Because 8 means mm. money. It just means fortune. Um, so these are also given on other occasions, like Chinese New Year, right? Older people, even just they give them to children. Oh, always. So like, I, yes. I have a question. At what age do you age out of getting red envelopes? Is that when you start college or is that when you have your first job or is that when, what's that, when you, when do you age out of being able to get the envelope? Some people say that, you know, once you get married, ah. you have, it's almost like there's not an age. So that's why you're not married. I see. <laughs> I really, I really do still get red envelopes. You do? Parents. Oh, wow. I, I still do. That's amazing. So that's, you're just going to hold off until you, it's the last big, so wait a minute, that's it. I just figured out the pattern <laughs> from a foreigner perspective. You get them a yes. lot, right, through your whole age. And then at marriage, you get a whole bunch of them and then it stops. So it's like the flood. It's the last, oh, like. Yeah. Ah, that is a good way of, okay. Yes, that is a good way of looking. <laughs> okay, I get it now. I wasn't doing this calculation before and I was just thinking, oh, people are very arbitrary with what age you would mean adulthood for a Chinese person. It's always marriage means that you're an adult now. That's why. Okay. You kind of get the, the red, red envelope for the rest of your life. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm just sort of guessing here. <laughs> it's, uh, it's changing as well. Where I think younger people are, are not as open to uh, red envelopes uh, as, 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 as much as people used to for weddings. But I also haven't, mm. I kind of missed out on a lot of my friends' weddings um, when I was uh, studying in the U.S. So uh, right now, right. Yes. I haven't been to any, I've been to, I've been, I went to one friend's wedding last year. Uh, and I think I packed. That's more than me. I think I've been to three or four in like eight Wait, years or something. sort of the similar number. And it's always, yeah, bring the red yeah, envelope. Yeah, I actually didn't, yeah. but um it's okay. Well, you're not, I don't, I don't, I don't know. We, are you still on the receiving side? I'm not sure if it works. I just wanted to <laughs> go back around to a topic we talked about earlier really oh, quickly yeah. for travel. You know, American retirees also like to travel, but they don't really do the group tourism thing as much. They, what they do is they buy an RV. So there's like, if you're young and you have an RV, it's probably because you can't afford a real house. But if you're old and you have an RV, it's because it's your extra house that you use to drive cross country. You know, China is really big and has mm -hmm. deserts, it has mountains, it has rivers, it has lakes, it has ocean, it has snowy weather, it has hot weather. It's also very large and so has, you know, the Grand Canyon and Yosemite National Park and New York and all these other places. So just like in China, 
the United States has every kind of place someone would want to go to. What's really interesting is a lot of Chinese people travel, use their passport to leave the country. But other than going to Canada and Mexico, it's something like only two or three percent of Americans actually leave the U.S. It's a total of like 20 percent if you can if you count. Canada and Mexico, because people just get in the, the RV and it's like time to go to the Grand Canyon. And so grandma and grandpa, they're like, okay, we're retired. It's time for us to have a good time. And they tear across the country, like on Route 66 or whatever, like seeing all of the American yeah. pit stops. So, I mean, Chinese people love to travel and I think they travel better because you know, I did see them in Boracay and man, wow, that's a nice place to go if you're, if you're retired. Oh, wow. But like, <laughs> did you talk to them? We were invited out by this gentleman to go uh, scuba diving with them, but we didn't go at the same time as them. We found out where they were going and then we just went it on our own mm -hmm. schedule because we were kind of just like doing our own thing. But, it, you know, we had a lot of fun at yeah. Boracay and we also saw a lot of old people, older people having a lot of fun in Boracay. So... You know, if I retire, I'll be very happy, wow. happy to go there. I mean, there's a lot more to talk about that's not going to be all in co all covered within the short time. But I do love to think about um, older Chinese citizens having so much to do after they retire. And honestly, I want my parents to have more to do and do more exploration as well. So they don't have to, you know, care too much about what I am doing and when I'm going to have a kid. So. And that, that is true. There's another way to think about it too, though. We will be them. Because actually, I'm retiring in China. I, I love China so much, I'm going to stay here. So Aww. someday, we're going to go and try to join the inner circle of some dance group, Alex. <laughs> Jason, let me let me just correct you right there real quickly. When I retire, I am not going to just go to a dance group. I will be leading a dance group. And oh, okay. I will, yes, I will win that <laughs> reality show for sure. You need what you need is a boombox and a chair. That's where it all starts. A boombox and a chair. That's Alex. all I need. <laughs> and some dance steps. Yes, I have the. I have the. Oh, I have those. All right. This has been really great talking with you, Alex. Uh, for those of you listening, please tune in next time to the bridge where Chinese culture meets the rest of Thank the world. Thank you for listening, and always lovely talking to you, Jason. All right. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.